0: What is up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh service to debrief in effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than the power of conversation? I'm Mark Francis in the host seat today. Once again, joining us, Miss Alicia Vitalia. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Awesome. Hey, so when I came into the... Church today, I saw all the banners for Follow the Star.
0: Follow the Star is it's up. That's really
1: exciting.
0: Operation Christmas Child is going yes. on in the lobby also. They're lobby. packaging up all those boxes. So thank you to people who have dropped those off. That is happening. There's a and cell Mark phone from Carey somebody. It's is happening. getting a
1: phone call. Let's yes. listen in. Well, it's a
2: bill
0: collector. Let's forget. <laughs> it. Uh, ignore <laughs> it. Well, here he is with cell phone and all. Pastor Mark <laughs> Carey, how are you? Good. Awesome. Yeah. Glad to have you. We're missing Good. our other fearless leader, Caleb. Pearson, so he gets the day off, which mm-hmm. is probably much needed. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think he um, he likes watching us probably and watch how we operate in these seats. So listen up, Caleb. We might continue to talk about you.
1: Yeah, it's nice. But get a little rotation going. Little
0: rotation going. We want to get more people in the mix. So be on the lookout for that. You know, here we are in the midst of November, in the midst of a. Uh, conclusion of this overflow focus. And it is neat to see how we're, we've turned the corner to say, okay, how do we get outside of ourselves? How do we get outside of this building? How do we get outside of uh, reaching out to believers, but pouring out God's love to those that don't know Him? So Mark, uh, well, let me turn to you first. I mean, share kind of the the heart. We had Scott Santmeyer on um, mm-hmm. oh, a little bit earlier, and Last week, and, and we were able to kind of hear kind of where you guys collaborated a, a bit about, you know, this is a, something that's on your heart. So how, how do you see this shaping up here for this four weeks of why now? Why here? Why do we really need to reach out and look outside of ourselves to overflow to the world around us? Well, it's a logical next
2: step. In terms of overflow, mm-hmm. so you think of mm-hmm. what's been inputted into our life, how mm-hmm. blessed we are because of God's overflowing love to us, um, and it fit perfectly with our um, global missions week, yeah. our global church week, and yeah. overflowing to the world. But uh, most of us will never go to Africa or wherever. I mean, we but we live in a neighborhood, we, we could live in a school, do it here. We we, we yeah. have a responsibility, and. Um, that can be so oftentimes overlooked. Um, we can get caught up in the um, the fervor, heat of uh, current um, rhetoric of the day, the, the concerns of a, a world that's gone mad in many ways, um, and um, we can just flat out be disgusted with the sinful fallen world in mm. which we live. Mm. And, uh, at meaning we get disgusted with the people that are making stupid yeah. decisions and governmental or medical or whatnot. So th- there's just a lot of, not just angst, but a lot of, uh, I think frustration and, and in kind of grouchiness sometimes Christians. And among we're not Christians. seeing people in a loving way. And uh, that's the point. Yeah. So there we needed to, uh, felt the need to talk about how we need to, as believers in Jesus Christ, as people whose citizenship is in heaven, living here and called there to go and make disciples into this world, uh, how do we uh, position ourselves in this unsaved world in which we live? How do we be Jesus mm. and it starts by understanding um, the need that people have mm. that there there is a heaven and there's a hell and there we need to have a impressed upon us this sense of urgency mm. mm-hmm. um, you know people are living in fear these days and um, uh, people are dying and there's a heaven and there's a hell and if you don't know Jesus as your Savior yeah. you end up in hell yeah and there's so believers Need to, we need to extract ourselves from the rhetoric of the discussions of that that are on the earthly plane, and gain that heavenly perspective of how we look at people and sense the urgency. So that was that first week in November, Trent, and then we moved a little bit last week into um, just a little bit beyond that uh, to to begin to see people, uh, their need, and and move beyond the surface issues that people have to the deeper issues mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and put on the Jesus glasses. I love the glasses. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we were
1: wondering if we could get like a bulk order of those 3D Jesus glasses from Amazon. You, I, you or... can. Yeah, there were
2: 50 of them for, I can't remember what the price was, but I only needed one pair. But um, so so that's where we're, that's kind yeah. of the transition. Yeah. Now, th- well, we won't get into this coming week maybe, but but so so there's this little phrase, we need to hear their story. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've been... Let's get beyond the, the the surface issues, the comments people make, the lifestyle choices they make, sinful and degrading and horrific as they may be, mm-hmm. but get beyond that to the heart issues. Let's hear their story. Mm-hmm. But then we've got to be able to tell our story mm-hmm. and share what Christ has done for us. Uh, so we we earn that right once we hear their story and, have the relationship. and, and have, build that relationship. Yeah. And
1: that's something that you brought out in your sermon about how maybe, you know, you are the woman at the well, or you are the tax collector. We all do have stories and we all have our own baggage uh, that we bring to the table. And so as Christians, um, it's not just that we, um, we need to be seeing others with the eyes of Jesus, but we also need to be looking at ourselves with those same lenses and realizing that um, just as much as our neighbor needs a Savior, we too need a Savior. And um, I loved the points that you brought out from Larry Crabb's book, Mm. um, uh, the implications of man's alienation in that infinite abyss, but the two points that really stood out to me was that longing for meaningful relationship and that we are created in the image of God. And we just like the Trinity has that perfect fellowship, we're designed for fellowship. And um, to just to know that we're wanted and that God is for us is it just it brings such peace to our hearts. And when we can show that to one another of, no, I want you, I want you on my team. I, I'm for you. That can be such a, a, a trust builder. People can, uh, really trust you and that can open the door for conversations. And then, um, longing, the longing for that meaningful impact. We, we do want to leave a mark on our world. And, um, as Jesus followers, obviously we want to be following in his footsteps. And, um, So that's, I really appreciated those two points.
2: Well, and so we can't impart what we don't possess. So as believers, we've got open to us now, meaningful relationship and meaningful impact because of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we need to be living in light of that. Uh, We can't share with someone else if we're not ourselves rejoicing and celebrating and experiencing the reality of that in our own life because yeah. we've been right. made whole by right. Jesus they haven't right so we, we we again we need to take make that understanding that unsaved people have these desperate longings and needs mm-hmm. because they are created in the image of God for us as believers that's been fulfilled in Christ mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know the old saying is if you've had the cure for cancer why wouldn't you want to share it with someone right. who's dying of cancer? Right. So we have to.
1: So that's that overflow from overflow. what God's given us yep.
2: to yep. other and people. Yeah. And so when it's really meaningful for us, and we're celebrating that s- sense of of meaningful relationship with mm-hmm. the living God, which makes it meaningful with His people, and we're sensing that sense of impact because there's there's something of eternal value that's mm-hmm. happening because of Christ. Um, yeah. That is what that world hmm. of lostness was made for Mm -hmm. in relationship with God, and they don't have it. Mm -hmm. And so they're spinning in the, as Pascal said, in the infinite abyss. (laughs) Of nothingness. That's a picture. That's an image right there. It's yeah. the
0: printed ho- in my mind. <laughs> yep. Or or <laughs> crab's hollow core. Yeah. Of the the hurt. And it's it's neat that you mentioned the basically the two options. I mean, if you do put on spiritual glasses, and this is something that didn't necessarily come out in the sermon, but last night in our community group, somebody mentioned if we did put on those spiritual goggles and we saw the world, there's two different kinds of people. There's there's those that are in Christ and those that aren't. And if you're looking at those that are in Christ, they're they're covered by Christ. Mm-hmm. you know, So we don't have to view Christians with that hollow core, and we don't have to view them in a grumpy way. No. <laughs> we can view them as children, daughters, and sons in Christ. And so to view our own fellow believers with that lens yeah. is one way. And then the other people that we have to see the lens of, man, how can I show love for that person? Yeah. And, and how can I imitate how Jesus interacted with the woman at the well? You know, using those stories, using those images, um, you know, the, the narrations that we gave in the worship time mm-hmm. that are really just hitting to the heart where there's truth and grace being impacted in, in how Jesus engaged the world because he loved them. He saw their need, yeah. and he yeah. was able to call them out in a loving way that still drew them to himself. Yeah. Are we willing to overlook
2: or look past, not overlook, that would not be the right term, but are we willing to look past... The, the sinfulness, the uh, even evil of a Matthew tax collector hmm. to get at the. Are we willing to look past the the um, um, sensuous, sinful ways of a woman at the well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so oftentimes we we stop because we 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 trip over those issues. Yep, and and okay, yeah. Th- those are real sinful, sad consequences of the fall, and and people are are awash in that. But if if we keep always tripped up by by those surface issues, we're mm-hmm. never going mm-hmm. to see beyond. We're never going to take the invitation to go and eat and drink and then love and care mm-hmm. to get at the heart issues of people.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. And some, some people in our community group are medical providers, including your husband, Alicia. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who mentioned this, but it's almost like if, if you went to the doctor's office and all the doctor said was, oh, you're fat, you need to lose weight. <laughs> and that's all I said to do, but didn't get to the heart and didn't do the blood work and, and talk to you about cholesterol and explain the source of the need of why yeah, <laughs> you need to lose truth. the weight. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a disconnect there. You're not going to be able to, you know, the doctors and the medical providers are there to help you you know, with your biggest need, not just point out your issues, you know? And so that, yeah, that's what, that's what we have spouses to do. Right. Of (laughs) course. (laughs) Just point out all the flaws. Yeah.
1: There, there's an article that I read, uh, it's called Kindness in a World Gone Mad uh, mm. by David Mathis, and I thought the, this went so well along with your sermon, but he, he talks in the article about uh, this harsh world that, w- that we live in, and we just live in a mean world, and our natural human response is to respond in kind, um, but he says Christ, Christ requires of his church what is more than human respond in kindness and so he talks about um, this he says in part internal conflict in the ephesian church prompted paul's second letter to timothy at the letter's heart the aging apostle gives his protege this inter- arresting charge the lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but kind to everyone able to teach patient, patiently enduring evil correcting his opponents with gentleness god may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. That's from Second Timothy 2, 24 through 26. And he says Christians have long celebrated kindness as one of the heavenly virtues Yet we live in a day that often makes very little of kindness. We assume it's free. We celebrate random acts of kindness. We think of kindness without context. Of course, in our mean world, it is pleasant to be surprised by a stranger's kindness, free and random as it may seem. Sure, sprinkle that stuff everywhere. But the Christian vision of kindness is far deeper, more significant and contextualized. Christian kindness is no common courtesy or virtue in a vacuum, but a surprising response to mistreatment and hurt. It is not random or free, but a costly counterintuitive response to meanness, to outrage, rather than responding in kind. As Don Carson comments on 1 Corinthians 3, 13, 4, love is kind, not merely patient or long-suffering in the face of injury, but quick to pay back with kindness what it received and hurt. And I thought that that was just, he said that so well. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, the, the, there's a book uh, I'm reading right now um, by oh, Ortland. Um Ray. Not Ray, he's the oh, dad. Oh, Dave. Not, yeah, or
1: Dane, Dane. Dane, Dane. Dane. Ortlund, Gent- Gentle, gentle and, lowly. and Lowly. Yes, I read it this summer. the <laughs> chapter
2: I read this morning uh, was talking about these very, these very same things hmm. of how of the gentleness of Jesus mm-hmm. as He dealt with these people,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, who the religious elite of the day uh, w- w- did anything but be yep. gentle with yep. them, and um, in their self-righteousness, so I, I do think our again the big picture is we have a calling in this earth to proclaim, first, first Peter two nine and ten, we to proclaim the excellencies of Christ. Um to a dying, a lost world, w- That is what we we're here to do. Mm-hmm. And um, we get can so easily get caught up in the, our jobs and the making of money and raising our kids and doing, you know, building for retirement and fulfilling our bucket lists and whatever, yeah. that we lose sight of that so that when an unsafe person, when we encounter them, whether it's at work or in a neighborhood, uh, we're not prepared mm. to, to respond in, like Jesus would respond
0: because we, we so rarely do and, and have those connections. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that, to me, I wanted to highlight. I'm glad you're doing that because you ended the sermon with four kind of questions, which are almost tools. Mm-hmm. But to me, to elaborate more on the urgency of our own personal call, I find to be just as important to have that that desire, that passion to see the world with those eyes of Christ as it is to also have the tools because before you can even use those tools, you've got to have the urgency and the and the the passion of like of God and the Holy Spirit moving on us to say this these people are lost. And mm-hmm. so in our group last night, I was like, well, who are they? Mm-hmm. let's let's pinpoint them. let's identify them. you know I'm thinking of my own, friend group of people that i'll I'll play sports with around town and i've been friends with them for years and have i pursued them with those with that urgency Mm -hmm. i've had one or two conversations i've invited them to church once or twice but that was it one and done you know and so how can i grow in my urgency to see the world that way and then have those tools have those questions ready to go and know you know okay engage in a conversation that leads them to spiritual things. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was one of the things I gleaned from the sermon. I really, just that, again, urgency. And, there. and obviously, there is no such thing as Jesus'
2: glasses. <laughs> right. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> <But> <laughs> or there, scary. <laughs> well, yeah, scary. But I, there isn't anything like that. I think the, I think the like Holy
1: that. Spirit is the one that does and that. And that's, yeah.
2: that's where I'm going, is that so to the degree that we are growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and being conformed in the image of Christ, these things are gonna naturally flow from us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not that we have to necessarily come up with cutesy programs and right. all that stuff. I mean, that can maybe help, but the bottom line is, to the degree that we are becoming more like Jesus, that Jesus is gonna manifest himself in our life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, so then it's a call to obedience. Then we just, it, as he prompts us and a door opens and we have an opportunity, you know, the, the Spirit of God will convict us. Ooh, that was a bad attitude. I shouldn't have said that about mm-hmm. that person. Or I shouldn't have thought that about that person. Mm-hmm. See, as we're walking in harmony with the Lord, Galatians 5 26, as we keep in step with the Spirit, right. then that fruit is going to manifest itself. And um,
0: um,
2: yeah, ultimately, that's where it we, all comes we back go. to the, our
0: own <laughs> intimacy, our own personal relationship with God. And that'll flow mm-hmm. the worship the evangelism, the all the different things it that really are meant will. to come out will, will come out yeah. in our natural life yeah. and it'll ooze out of us. And just our natural language of how we speak will be speaking of God. Yeah. And, and, and
1: as we're showing dependency on the Holy spirit, that, uh, that increases our relationship and intimacy with him. And there is such a joy and a delight in fellowship with the Lord. And so with that dependence, it's, a blessing for us and then also a blessing for the people that we are reaching out to that's right. and that's what and caring Peter, for
2: salt and light mm. I mean there's that's what a savory um, a Christian that the sweet aroma the smell of, of, mm-hmm. of Jesus um, Peter said first Peter goes on and, and I'll be talking about this this coming week but even if they even if they condemn you the world, for your belief system, it, it, Peter says, because on account of your good behavior, as they observe it, mm-hmm. they will come
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, to to uh, honor and glorify God in the day of visitation. He visits us, so w- w- we should expect um, continued anger and and uh, hatred and and rejection from the world. Um, that's we can't control that. Yeah. What we can control is how we're going to respond. Mm-hmm. And, and, um...
1: and thinking about how with us, God's kindness is what leads us to repentance. And the same thing is we're showing kindness to others that opens the door that can open the door for us to be able to share the truth of the gospel so that they can be led yeah. to repentance as well.
2: But now here is a, a good question, and it was raised with me by someone um, after, after the service this weekend, but I had mentioned in the sermon that we could we could actually do a whole series of classes on this whole thing. How, do, mm-hmm. how, do, how right. should we engage this? Because mm-hmm. this person raised the issue of, um, very practically speaking, so where how do you keep the balance between loving acceptance in Jesus mm-hmm. and yet, you know grace and truth mm-hmm. and truthfully, calling sin a sin mm-hmm. and and when do you do that and how do you do that and how mm-hmm. do you um, How do you stand for truth without coming across obnoxiously
0: mm-hmm.
2: or, or, or seemingly uh, You know draconian and and, uh, and out of touch and mm-hmm. irrelevant mm-hmm. in our world today mm-hmm. And look we, we're immediately labeled if they know you're an evangelical Christian. You're immediately we've got strikes against us. Yeah the, the 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 false narrative and sometimes it's a true narrative against Christians but it, it we have strikes against us as we're engaging mm-hmm. people oh you're one of those mm-hmm. and uh, caricatures of evangelical Christians can be not very pleasant and it can take years to overcome those potential like views of and Christians and therefore relationship building yeah. we talked yeah. with Chris Little the um um, Native American pastor in uh, South Dakota went over global church week and um, he said where the churchy pastors the average pastor was there a year year and a half and they move on and so uh, the Native American the Lakota Sioux in that area were they, they wouldn't trust anybody coming and he's been there seven and a half years mm-hmm. and he's had to now you know he's beginning to earn the right
1: mm-hmm.
2: to be heard so it does take mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. Um in building those relationships
1: that kind of my husband last night he mentioned um, the at the end of job <laughs> that um, job so the lord he rebukes job's friends and this is in 42 um and he says my anger burns against you and against your two friends for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant job has and um then he offers, Job makes a sacrifice and prays for the friends and God accepts that. And, um, that just makes me think about how, what a restorative God Mm. we have. Like he takes these broken relationships and he restored Job to, um, ultimately to back to God. He God blessed him twice as much as what he had before. He also restored these relationships of that he had with his friends. And his friends they did they were <laughs>
0: They didn't view Joe the way God viewed.
1: Exactly. Him. And or God. They misviewed God and um but God in his kindness, he he restores these relationships. And so even those times when we mess up or people sin against, against us with um, maybe mistruths or whatever, God's not finished with the story. Yeah. And he is He is good and he's faithful and he cares for his children. And he will make things right one day. Yeah,
2: we're not, none of us are perfect. Exactly. We all have that flesh <laughs> and it will manifest itself. Um, but again, as we grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord, um, it's crucial then that we allow that the spirit of Christ to be manifested in our life to the unsaved world at least to have an awareness. Let's mm-hmm. let's at least take it one step further mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as believers. Let's 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 at least be more cognizant mm-hmm. of how we are thinking and viewing right. other people, and and um, and and maybe. Um, uh, uh, an anger or frustration that we might actually unknowingly or unwittingly have that rises within us and said, wait a minute, uh, where does that come from?
0: And you mentioned kind of almost this, these unlovable characters, you know, but there's plenty of lovable characters who still need God. That's right. Still, you know, so we need to be pursuing all people at, at all times in a way that is like viewing them. Okay where is their need? And how can, you know, it could be just that the neighbor right down the road who you like and have your kids play with and they need God, you know, or it could be the, like you said, the angry employer who's always yelling at you. Yeah. And you're ticked off at him, but how can you still show him love? You know, so it it goes to, it goes to so many different options of these, everybody who needs God. (laughs) I just happen to think of a story that it's,
2: it's somebody in our congregation who, uh, um, was sharing about the, just the frustration they have with their boss and and, and just that he, he this boss is just I mean he, he he's not a nice guy. And uh, but this guy in our church was challenged by another guy in our church to this was uh, months ago mm-hmm. to look past that and begin praying for him. Mm-hmm. And then maybe saying some things that would be nice or you know just so the guy started. He got convicted and because he had bad attitude towards his boss and he started doing that. Within weeks, like two three weeks, that boss came to him and said, "Hey, so and so, what what are you doing for lunch? Do you want to go out for lunch?" It absolutely floored <laughs> this guy. <laughs> he he would have never said that. And so they did, and they had a nice conversation. And the two guys from church are able to process that and said, <laughs> "See, <laughs> it's you can't, this whatever this outward performance of, of meanness, um, it it started to dissolve." <laughs> Uh, Proverbs: A kind answer turns away wrath. Yeah. Again, we have.
1: We talked about a little bit last <clears throat> night in our small group about just pointing out the evidences of grace in people's lives because there's there's something that we can bring to light. Like, do you see how you know God's good? How good God has been in this area or whatever? And uh, wow.
0: And it's yeah. and it shows. I mean, it's neat, it's encouraging to to us if we're called to go do that, if we're called to go reach out to the unlovable boss, what how much growth do I get out of seeing God work mm-hmm. and, and stepping in that leap of faith to say, Let me pray for you, let me attempt to show you the grace and show you the love. There's there's it's a two-way street, it's going yeah. towards that person, but there's also this impact on me as I'm doing this and being a vessel. <laughs> to show yeah. God to, you get to those people, the joy.
2: It's, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. There's we, a here, blessing uh, with that. Well, the joy and blessing. The
2: opposite is, again, consternation and and, mm. and frustration. Yeah. And uh, so, a, a good question to ask ourselves is, what is it that most pushes your button? That that just you know um, that just aggravates you about uh, and and you know for for me it can be you know, I don't want to you know this is not a counseling therapy session, session a sure. therapy yeah. session <laughs> but you know you're dealing with say people in the public or, or something like that and um, you know they're 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 being dishonest with you mm-hmm. or they're you know they're they're not they're not being forthright or they're trying to extract more money out of you or or yeah. you know something a sale or a you know your, your a new phone plan or something like that and especially if they're on the phone <laughs> Boy, well, I can give them a piece of my mind that I can know. Now it's it's gotten me in some pretty good deals. You <laughs> do that, you know. You're the mad customer out there, and the customer's already right. And then you think, wait you're a minute. You're
1: the one person that answers their phone when they call. <laughs> no, well, you notice
2: I didn't, but but you know that the, the the problem is that person, even if even if they answer the phone and they're in Bangalore, India, which so oftentimes is the case, uh-huh, right. it's a real person that. Is a real soul, and uh, what you know? What what can you do? To um, years ago, there was a, a man in um, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, he, he was in full time ministry. A, a very unique guy. He's with the Lord now, but he was a great evangelist. He and he had a campus ministry with students at campus, and he would evangelize and just amazing things that God did. He never missed an opportunity to. Point people to Jesus. Well, one day he got, he called, um, he made a phone call to Dallas, Texas, because he was arranging a uh, uh, um, service there. And it was the wrong number. Hmm. And, oh, he apologized. He hung up. Called again. Got the same guy. It was a wrong number. And that time the guy was a little upset. But, you know, mm-hmm. you know, but check your number, buddy. Mm-hmm. So my friend, you know, hung up and he looked again and checked. No, I, I must have pushed the wrong. So he did it again. This time the guy was, he got the wrong number again. And this guy was just livid. And he said, What? You know, are you some idiot? Are you so what's going on here? No, it's a pure mistake. But you know, I don't believe in mistakes. I believe there's God, there's a sovereign God. And he went with this guy, this <laughs> wrong number on the phone. And he said, Do you have any, do you know? And he led the guy to the Lord wow, over the phone. Right. On the phone. And he said, I'm going to be in Dallas in two weeks. I'm going to look you up. So they got connected. Well, this guy that had been on the wrong number, he was a well-known kind of playboy of mm. Dallas, mm-hmm. mm. extremely wealthy, lived in a spatial home and, mm. and all that stuff. He, this guy, led him to the Lord, met with him, got him plugged into a church, got him discipled, mm. and to this day, he's still a pastor of missions Mm. in a church in Dallas, Texas. Mm. That
1: we, is fantastic. <laughs>
2: never miss an opportunity to yeah. point people to Christ.
1: God is sovereign. Yeah. God is providential that's
2: right. over everything. Mm. Every soul, every yes. person who still has
0: a heartbeat mm. is somebody that we can point to Jesus. That's a great way to end it, because that's not even intentional. That's just being led by the that's Lord right. in the moment. That's exactly. Mm. It's an awareness yep. that yep. I can be used by the Lord, even yep. in the moment. And it's, it's cool how we are used to be a part of that process. It's just fascinating how God Mm -hmm. allows us to do that. As you said earlier, it's the blessing and a joy to be able to do that. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for being here. Uh, Let me just point out a couple of things happening. I mean, the first big one, obviously, is coming up, the largest outreach event of the year for Fellowship Bible Church, Follow the Star. Mm -hmm. In case you have not caught it yet, it is here. I say here because we're recording at Fellowship Bible Church. It is at Fellowship Bible Church this year for the second straight time. It's going to be a driving tour. So invite your friends. Use, these, use this as an opportunity not just to, to be a taker but also be a giver. And find ways to invite your neighbors and, and friends and it's going to be even people. a little
1: different this, than last year. Yep. We've got the marketplace coming back and, and cookies, cookies are so back. Yeah.
0: Don't want to miss it. So be a part of it. If you're not volunteering, there's still opportunities to serve. And if you aren't doing that, then find opportunities and ways to invite people and join up with you to – present the gospel, the good news of the Christmas story, and the cross there on December 4th and 5th. So go to the website for all those details, fbcva.life, and you will find out more about Follow the Star. But we would love to get everybody plugged in. I think that's all, that's really the big thing that we need to talk about. So the sermon series continues. We've got a couple more weeks here of overflow, and believe it or not, Christmas is around the corner. So Follow the Star will launch us into that. And I might add,
2: starting in December, We are going to do a brand new series entitled Every Story Whispers His Name. If you've been a part of FBC, eight years ago, we did the Old Testament Mm -hmm. part. Starting in December, we're going to begin the New Testament part. Um, Just a little heads up. So if you don't know that book, go look it up. Every Story Whispers His Name. Sally Mm -hmm. Lloyd-Jones. It's a great children's
0: devotional. Every parent should have it. Anyway, and it applies to more than just children. Yep. Mm -hmm. We're going to find that Mm -hmm. out for these next Mm -hmm. couple months ahead. So the fact of the matter, guys, is that sermons are not meant just to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. So until next week, much love. God bless.